people say, ask others, you know, what, when is enough enough? And I think that's the answer right there. Enough is when you have to stop worrying about yourself mm -hmm. and, you, and start pouring into others. Mm -hmm. Because what happens is, is you've built such a momentum, things just gravitate towards you. Success will just gravitate towards you at that mm -hmm. point. Mm -hmm. Because there's that law of reciprocity. When you're able to take your eyes off yourself and you're not worried about your relationships and your finances and maintaining what it takes to maintain a very comfortable life, at that point, you start focusing on where your impact can be. And when you're giving, you're going to automatically, the world, the universe is just going to give back to you. And so mm -hmm. that momentum that you've been building over the last decade or two is going to allow you, it, it's it's like a maintenance. When you go to the gym in the beginning to get the flab off and just the lack of muscle mass, you have to really work. So you spend more time on it and most of your focus is dedicated to that. But then after you've been doing that consistently for five, six, 10 years, you can go in and spend maybe 30 minutes, two, three, four times a week, and you will maintain what you have and increase a little bit over time mm -hmm. as well to where that would have never have happened if you had done that on year one. Year yeah. one, you would have lost focus and everything because you wouldn't have saw enough growth and there was nothing to maintain. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what most people don't realize until you make it. Once you hit enough, then it's all about impact yeah. because you don't have to focus on making things gravitate towards you. They will automatically start gravitating towards you once you hit that. Welcome to the Mind Your Own Business Podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Sterick. This show is where we talk about all kinds of different stuff in business, but mainly we talk about how to mind your own business and stay in your own lane. And we interview only distinguished guests in order to find out their secrets. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Mind Your Own Business podcast. Today, we have our main man, Chris Garrison, with Absolute Cleaning and Restoration. Am I botching that, or is that is that correct? Now you nailed it. Awesome. And today, Chris is going to share some of his super, super deep, dark business secrets with us and explain to us how we can get more customers, how we can be better people in general, and how we can build others up while building ourselves up. Chris, welcome to the show. I'm happy to have you here, man. I know that we were on your show a couple times now. And yeah. so I feel honored to have you on mine. Man, it's my pleasure. Appreciate you giving me a chance to speak to your audience. It's always, I walk away encouraged, inspired, and provoked to be better every time I get on someone's podcast or have an opportunity to speak about the journey because it's crazy how it's a level of affirmation when I get to explain what I've done because it reminds me of the foundation that was built through repetitive actions that got me to this point. And when I start to reminisce on those actions, it reminds me, hey, it's not over overly complicated, this thing of life and the journey of business and relationships. But we tend to get into the weeds very quickly because the details help you accelerate your situation a lot of times. But it's the basics really that just builds the foundation on what we stand on and what's allowed us to get to this point. And so it's good to just hear the foundational stuff here and there. So I always enjoy these moments. Yeah, man, me too. And I agree with you. I think that in business, it's really easy to overcomplicate things. And when we always get back to the basics and we kind of sit back and relax for a second and take a look at everything that you've accomplished, yep. it's like almost mind boggling. You're like, wait a minute, I did all of that. We still feel like we're not doing enough. Yeah, That's that push pull that we get as entrepreneurs where we're like, no, no, but I could do a whole bunch more. And it's like, I haven't done anything yet. I'm just getting started. I think everybody carries that imposter syndrome regardless of what level you're at in your life. And, but I mean, we put ourselves in the room so that we're constantly provoked to do more. And I think that's what the majority of society misses out on is they are, as our mentor would say, Mark Evans, the king of the dinglings. 
I mean, they <laughs> put themselves in an environment, they do something somewhat special or a little bit above the normal of their small environment. And so they feel very accomplished. But as soon as you start to experience more of the world, you start to travel, you start to get around other people doing other things, you realize, really, I have so much more potential mm -hmm. that is there for me to grab than what I've already done. And because we put, me and you, we put ourselves in such large rooms. Rooms, we're constantly thinking of, man, I should be doing that. I should be doing this. And so it's, we have to remind ourselves because of the environment we keep ourselves in, Hey, you, you are worth it. You have done a lot. Pat yourself on the back. Don't stop. Don't celebrate forever, but take just a moment and be grateful for what you've accomplished so that you can keep moving forward. Because one thing that I've learned, I'm 39, I turned 39, October the 15th of this year. And I realized you know, I don't appreciate what I've done enough because mm -hmm. a lot of times I catch myself living in the future instead of in the present moment and really enjoying the journey. Mm -hmm. And I've gotten much better about that. And I think where that clip is when you stop chasing the paycheck, mm -hmm. when there's enough money to cover your expenses, plus give you some extra to go enjoy the finer things of life. I think that's where I, the trigger is easier, can be flipped easier on the appreciation of where you're at and staying a little more present in the moment. Because before it was just all about, man, I got to do whatever it takes to get enough money so that I'm not struggling, so that I'm not wishing I had more, so that I'm not having to watch my dollars and really live off of a budget. I mean, I still live off of a budget. I'm not going and buying yacht trips and private plane rides every single week or nothing like that. But at the same time, I don't live on a budget in the sense of that I order from the right side of the menu instead of the left side of the, <laughs> no, the, I order from the left instead of the right side of the menu and where before yeah. I definitely looked at the price and that determined what I ordered. So that's not a problem. And I feel like it's easier when you finally get your finances right mm -hmm. to live more in the present and not as much in the future. I agree with you, man. And the menu thing is interesting, right? Because now I do the same thing, right? And I always kind of have where like, I'll look at the price, but I'm also looking at the value yeah. of what I'm getting. I'm not paying $18 for a side of Brussels sprouts. You know? <laughs> right, 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 right. But if they got a really good something or other steak that's $60 and we're at a steakhouse, I know that it's going to be a valuable piece of meat. And so, of course, I'm going to order that. Absolutely. But I'd be getting the baked potato instead, you know. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> I get yeah. it, man. It does go value. And there's definitely something different, different in value compared to price. Follow that. So listen, man, take us back kind of to, I guess, your early formative years in business. And let's start there. Kind of give me the background and how yeah. you got to where you are. My dad was an entrepreneur. I knew nothing but an entrepreneur lifestyle. I never saw him with a W-2. He worked, got up early, went into work early, came home late, worked weekends, was always dealing, willing and dealing. So I knew him from owning a pawn shop to owning a car lot to buying some land. And then ultimately when I was around 14, getting a disaster cleanup company, he bought it on an auction block pretty much for the equipment at an extremely discounted rate and partnered with a guy, not equity partner, but a profit split type situation that was from that industry. Hmm. So he came in with the money and the money management. The other guy came in with the understanding of how to sell that industry and operate the skill sets of that industry. And then they used very, very low budget labor, a lot of recovering addicts and stuff. So it was constantly a turnover. There was no company culture, but there was a cleaning aspect outside of the disaster cleanup, the water fire mold disaster cleanup. There was a carpet cleaning van. So me and my brother, we were 15 and 14 and he let us go and clean a carpet. So we went to a training. They actually do have a training for carpet cleaning to learn the chemistry behind it and just, you know, simple techniques. And so it was a three-day class. I went to that, came back. We booked our own jobs, went out clean. We did one or two jobs a week, nothing spectacular, no marketing involved. It was just all any, you know, that's back when Yellow Book was still used mm -hmm. before mm -hmm. internet searches were super popular and there was a listing in the yellow book. So that was the only advertisement that we had out there. And that kind of cut our teeth along with just other stuff, learning how to buy in a wholesale bulk style. So we grew up on about 400 acres. He, of course, found a really good deal on it. We moved into a little farmhouse after remodeling it and then built a really nice house that we grew up in. And 
And because we had the land, he bought, he took a year off. And this is, I think, one of the superpowers I saw from entrepreneurism is the fact that my dad was able to take off for a solid year, did not do any work. Now he's always willing and dealing, okay? But he didn't have a pawn shop to go into, or he didn't have a restoration company to go and run and oversee jobs and whatnot. And so he went, purchased this land, found a cowboy, bought some cattle, some horses, and we started going to the sale barns and buying tack. And then they, there was this free advertiser and the people that wanted the advertiser paid $1.25 for it at the convenience store. We got to market in it for free and we would buy this horse, saddle, bridle, you know, called tack mm -hmm. and bull mm -hmm. out of the sale barn ring. And then we would piece it out in this advertiser and we would triple our money majority of the time. Love it. So we watched him and he would let us talk to the people that would come up and most of them were old school traders. They wanted to, you know, reduce the price so they'd offer a much lower price. I was exposed to this and that was where I was lucky mm. because I got exposed to that. Doesn't mean if you don't get exposed to that type of atmosphere that you can't be an amazing business person. Mm -hmm. But I feel lucky because I did get that exposure and it was one less thing that I had to wrap my mind around and believe that entrepreneur was a lifestyle that would provide freedom and more importantly, financial freedom. Mm. So I got married very early. I went off into the ministry and traveled for about five years, a Christian youth ministry. Right at 18 is when I started that, met my wife in, in there, which is my ex-wife now. We were married for 10 years, had two kids. That 20s, 20 to 30, that decade of being married, I went through a lot of depression. I was unhappy. I didn't work more than 36 hours a week. I was mm. trying to please a woman that I never was going to be able to please. It was just a mismatch. We got married too early. We didn't know who we were. Our viewpoints were completely different in life and work ethic and everything else. And I also learned where it is important someone's upbringing because it does affect how they view the world. Mm -hmm. And she grew up in a single mom atmosphere that worked a factory job. Mm -hmm. I grew up with both parents, entrepreneur type ship where they were always on. My dad was always on for work. Mm -hmm. That was his hobby was wheeling and dealing. Okay, well, that was work from her viewpoint. Mm -hmm. so if I'm at the house, you know, checking out marketplace or something, I'm working and I mm -hmm. should be at home present, not working. Major conflicts like that. Long story short is I went through a lot of depression, finally said, man, it just ain't working. We called it quits. And at age 30, physically broke, mentally broke, spiritually broke. I had to turn the card. And the first turning of the card was getting the divorce. The second was when I hopped on YouTube and I just looked up motivational speeches. And I came across Grant Cardone, mm -hmm. where his story resonated with me, even though I wasn't addicted to anything, just that making really bad choices in life and then turning those choices into better choices and branding themselves, branding their business and chasing after money so that you would have enough to where you were not the recipient, but you could be the giver. Mm -hmm. It really changed my life when I started listen to, listening to folks like him, Ed Milet, Jim Rohn, and I just started digesting their content every single morning. Mm -hmm. So I was already doing my cleaning business. I had bought some portable equipment, started Absolute Cleaning, which it was just Absolute Cleaning then. And I'd been doing that for about two years with my ex-wife. And then at age 30, when I got my divorce, I gave that business to my brother. It was bringing about 40000 of revenue in a year, which for Mississippi, that's that's, that's pretty good revenue. Okay. And especially what over that was, oh, that was about 10. Yeah. Eight years 10. ago, nine years ago. Yeah, yeah. So I gave that away to him for him to run because he had just moved back from California and I jumped into car sales for two and a half years. Realized that wasn't the way to go. Jumped back into the cleaning business with my brother and that's when I nailed down, hey, we're going to make this an LLC. We're going to make this a big business. This is not just going to be lunch money that's putting the food on our table. This is actually going to create some wealth for us. Two years into that, I realized that I was not equally in alignment with my brother either because my ambition was much stronger than his at mm. that moment. So I bought him out of the business and then just kept running with it. So from 2017 up until this point, we're doing seven figures. I've got, I think, 16 employees. We've got a second location that we just opened up. The last two years, I've jumped into real estate. And my wife just told me, because she's doing our financial report for a business acquisition, she just said, we've got 63 doors. Those are single family residences here locally in my market. 
it. And that's not including my partnership real estate stuff that I've got going on. That's a hundred percent owned. So I've been extremely blessed. And the reason I share that detailed information is just to show you that I was literally carrying an EBT card in my pocket in my twenties because of the choices I was making. Hmm. And now 10 years from now, the wealth that will be built from that real estate and the cash flow I'm currently living off of from my businesses has only been built in the last six years. Six yeah. years, man, I went from nothing in my bank account to being able to go on vacations when I want, pay for, I think I've got, I don't know, probably close to $25,000, $3,000 a month going out just in masterminds coaching. Wow. A month. A month. And that used to be what I was bringing in a month for income. I'm going to stop you for a second. And I want to make sure that everybody goes back and rewinds the last 15 seconds and listens to what Chris just said. He's spending 25000 to 30000 a month on masterminds, self-education. No, 100000 2500 to 3000 a month. Oh, 2500 to 3000. Hey, well, that's still not a, a yeah. it's still nothing to scoff that, at. That's, that's a lot. For our network, that's not much at all. For the average person that's never done a mastermind, that's massive. So me and Kevin Marin, we have and we'll jump into this in a little while, but we have Blue Collar Millionaire and Stephen, you're in the boardroom elite mm -hmm. and that's a $500 monthly commitment and I'm talking to guys that have startup companies or W well, it's only guys that have startup companies, you know, they're making a hundred to 300,000 gross a year on their, their startups and 500 a month is massive to them. Mm -hmm. It is. So to spend $3,000, mm -hmm. I mean, they can't even fathom that. It's like, man, do you really like, why would you spend that much? Are you really making that much money on that investment? Yes. And 10X. It changes my life. Yep. I get in the room and I walk away, encourage my pers Here's why you do a mastermind. Your perspective changes. Mm -hmm. When I hear one of our mentors say that they have a hundred thousand dollar nut a month that they have to cover just to sustain. This is not vacation. This is not anything extra. This is, you know, the, the must-haves that goes out every single month. That changes my perception of, my reality was just changed when I heard that. Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, it, there's a new normal. My thermostat yep. was raised where before I might've thought a $10,000 monthly commitment just to sustain and keep bills paid on time would have been the normal. Yeah. It just was 10 x Well, and you said it yourself, $40,000 in Mississippi, that was like a good living. A year. A year. A year. A year. I think our average in Mississippi Mississippi is like 42, 45 still at 42, 45. I wouldn't be able to do it. Yeah. <laughs> <Just lifestyle> has, <laughs> has changed. Yeah. Well, um, and it goes to your sign that's right behind you, right? Think big. Right. For right. me, you know, two weeks ago, we were at an event in Cleveland and well, you weren't there. Unfortunately, I wish you were. Yeah, I hate, I missed it. I told, I made a comment on somebody that posted on Facebook. I said, this will be, this was the first and this will be the last event that I miss. That's right. That's right. Well, my biggest takeaway from that was think bigger, dream bigger. Because yeah. like you said, you get exposed to this stuff and you see what's possible and it changes your frame. It changes your point of reference to the point that you're like, I can't unsee that. I can't unhear what I just heard. A hundred thousand a month. That's just like the bare bones minimum I gotta bring in. Right. What do I gotta do to get there? Right. And that's that's the difference. You start asking those questions. Mm -hmm. And not only that, you you learn to talk different. When mm -hmm. you're hearing these individuals inside of these paid mastermind groups, there's a bar barrier of entry. So you don't have people that's kicking tires coming in. And then you've got higher level individuals that are performing at a higher level. And so they're talking different, they're thinking different different. They're acting different. And we've all heard it. You, you know, you're the, you're going to be the sum of the five people that you hang around with the most. And so I want to make sure that I'm hanging around with multimillionaires, with mm -hmm. billionaires, with those that have a heart of giving, with those that are respectful and and committed to their family and their wife, yeah. not out cheating on them and, and doing all of this stuff. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if you're listening to this and you're thinking that money is evil and the people that have money have cheated their way up up to having it, then you're hanging around with the wrong folks. But I would even 100% say that you've never hung around with a real rich person mm -hmm. because that is not the case. No. It, it's a lot of hard work to get to there. I don't know anybody 
to be honest, that is really wealthy. I'm not talking about got a million or two sitting in the bank. I'm saying someone that's very wealthy that cheated their way to wealth because mm-hmm. you burn too many bridges. And yeah. me and you both know, Stephen, relationships is what just accelerates your path mm-hmm. to being extremely wealthy. It's the shake of the hand that brings the wealth into your life. It's not fucking folks over and cheating your way all the way to the top. It just don't happen that way. You, no. you you won't have any bridges to cross if you're burning them all on the way. Yeah. You remember that saying when we were kids, it went something along the lines of it's it's not about what you know, it's about who you know. Yep, that's it. Well, if who you know, those people, if you keep on messing them over, they're not going to know you anymore. That's right. And you and I didn't get to this point in business by doing things the wrong way. That's and it. I agree with you 100%. I mean, when we were in Florida, we met a, a gentleman by the name of Bobby and Bobby sold his company for a billion with a B. Yeah, yeah. And that guy looked in my eyes and asked me some serious questions. And I'm like, this guy's a billionaire. He doesn't give a shit about the money. Yeah. He wants to help people. That's all he wants to do is help people. Now, granted, he's got a billion dollars or whatever he's got. And so he's able to afford the time to be able to do this. But his goal in life is not to go do more and larger and bigger and huge and whatever. He wants to pass down all of that knowledge so that way other people can get freed and get out of this cycle that they keep on getting stuck in. And I think that, you know, I can speak for you too. Like we both want the same thing. We both want to help as many people as possible. Something about that, you know, a lot of people I've heard people say, ask others, you know, what, when is enough enough? And I think that's the answer right there. Enough is when you have to stop worrying about yourself Mm -hmm. start pouring into others mm-hmm. because what happens is is you've built such a momentum things just gravitate towards you success will just gravitate towards you at that mm-hmm. point mm-hmm. because there's that law of reciprocity when you're able to take your eyes off yourself and you're not worried about your relationships and your finances and maintaining what it takes to maintain a very comfortable life at that point you start focusing on where your impact can be and when you're giving you're going to automatically, the world, the universe is just going to give back to you. And so Mm -hmm. that momentum that you've been building over the last decade or two is going to allow you, it's it's like a maintenance. When you go to the gym in the beginning to get the flab off and just the lack of muscle mass, you have to really work. So you spend more time on it and most of your focus is dedicated to that. But then after you've been doing that consistently for five, six, 10 years, you can go in and spend maybe 30 minutes, two, three, four times a week, and you will maintain what you have and increase a little bit over time mm-hmm. as well to where that would have never have happened if you had done that on year one. Year yeah. one, you would have lost focus and everything because you wouldn't have saw enough growth and there was nothing to maintain. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what most people don't realize until you make it. Once you hit enough, then it's all about impact yeah. because you don't have to focus on making things gravitate towards you, they will automatically start gravitating towards you once you hit that enough place. Yeah, absolutely, man. And what you focus on expands, right? So if you focus on helping people, you're going to help more people. And then ultimately, like people take notice of that. They take stock of what you're doing. Mm -hmm. And people like hanging around good people. At least absolutely. that's that's my opinion, because I don't like to hang out with... You know, the Devo Dingalings, right? Right, right, right. <laughs> and so anyway, let's talk about that a little bit. Let's talk about what you're doing inside of Blue Collar Millionaire, because I think it ties into helping people. You know, you're not no. doing it. You're not doing it because it's like it's great for the environment or something like that. You no, know, you're doing no. it because it's good so, to help people. Of course, you guys make a little money doing it, but really I think the money is negligible compared to the value you get. Oh, absolutely. I make way more at my real estate and my focus business, which is absolute. Kevin approached me on this blue collar millionaire idea. Said, look, you're in a blue collar space. I'm in a blue collar space. I'd really like to help people, give them the voice that I wished I would have had when I was coming up and the access to techniques, knowledge. And I was like, dude, I love it. I was already kind of doing something on my own, not a whole lot of traction underneath it, more of a local kind of meetup deal. And I said, I'm ready to transition because I'm I've been doing it for a year and I'm, it's not keeping my attention because it's not growing fast enough. Mm-hmm. And so we decided to jump in there. We're over a year at this point in Blue Collar Millionaire Facebook group, posting content, sharing our stories, doing interviews. Yeah, and the group, the group just hit 10,000 members. It's 11,900 today. That's crazy. We had, so we hit 4,000, I believe we hit 4,000 members 
And we have been seeing about a thousand plus members per week at this point. Wow. We hired a, we've got a VA doing editing on all of our Zoom calls, chopping those up and dropping, I believe, three to four reels a week. Mm -hmm. Plus we make personal posts on there. And now we're starting to get enough traction in the community where they're posting. Mm -hmm. So it's been really exciting. The last 60 days, we're just like, holy moly, look at what's happening with the growth of this group. Yeah. So within that group, we decided to do a paid mentorship so that we could give more of our time and start building up some funds for the brands so Mm. that we could do fun, cool stuff like give hoodies away to active members and just kind of validate, keep us interested. Like, you know, we originally thought let's give back, but also we're interested in business acquisitions Mm -hmm. and we're in the blue collar space. So we also didn't just blindly say, hey, this is a massive charity act. It was a little strategic in the sense of, hey, this will build a community to where we can pull on and we will have operators. We will have deal flow, all of the stuff that comes with a big community of individuals that are focused on business. So it was kind of like an incubator that we were setting up. And now it's really starting to get exciting because there's over 11,000 members. And then we've got our paid for group where we meet weekly. And that's where we take an hour of our time away and we dive in on specific strategies. So to give your audience a little bit of some meat and potatoes, there's a few techniques that I believe any entrepreneur should be capitalizing on. And number one is you should take full responsibility for everything in your life. Because as soon as you stop taking full responsibility for it, you just gave your freedom away to someone else. Mm. So don't blame the economy. Don't blame the president. Don't blame your your team members, your employees. Don't blame the customer. If there's a problem with the operation and we didn't meet someone ex, someone's expectation and we got a complaint, not a five-star review, then where did we as an employer fail? Did we train our team well enough? Did we put enough accountability so that they didn't make mistakes that would have been catchable? Did we set our customers' expectations correctly? Are we even charging enough so that we can provide the training for our team and the best equipment and tools for them to be able to perform the service so that they're not stressed out while they're in the field because they didn't have what they needed to perform it accurately and timely? Mm -hmm. So when you start accepting responsibility for everything in your life, you start making different moves your actions change up and you start getting different results and you feel a lot freer because you realize I'm not trapped by someone else's decisions. I'm only trapped by what decisions I personally make. Mm-hmm. And the cool thing is, is you get to change that decision and that action at any point when you realize it's not the correct action that you you chose the day before. Yeah. So that that's probably the very number one thing that any entrepreneur and probably any person should understand is take responsibility for it all. Because if you do that, now you can change it. The other thing is a very powerful is affiliate marketing. And you're Mm -hmm. aware of this, Stephen, because you've done it in one of your businesses Mm -hmm. is find those people that are talking to your customers and incentivize them to tell their customers, which are also your customers about Mm -hmm. you. Find the ones that are talking to your customers when they need you as Mm -hmm. a company and then incentivize that person because a warm lead does not price shop they already have built-in trust. So you just need to go in there and fulfill the trust that that affiliate partner built when they referred your name, when they mentioned your name. Yeah. So, so, So that's the number two that you need to pay attention to. And number three is utilize virtual assistance. Mm. If you have a problem with labor, then anything that is not an in-person response, you can find a virtual assistant that you're still going to find duds just because they're overseas doesn't mean they're all superstars. You still have to interview, but on a typical normal situation, your overseas people have not been Americanized. Therefore they're not as lazy. They have a better work ethic. They're going to be more cost efficient because their cost of living is much cheaper than the U S and you just need to document how to do it and then check up with them and verify that they're doing it correctly. And if they're not, then you make that correction. But you might think that you can't afford someone to answer your phones, someone to do your bookkeeping, 
someone to send out invoices and collect and scan in receipts. But the reality is, is you can. It probably will cost you five, six dollars an hour if you outsource it to a virtual assistant using something like Upwork as a platform to find these virtual assistants on. So those three things right there can change some an entrepreneur's life if they'll focus on them and really start to act on those. On the VAs, I would argue that you can't not afford it. Agreed. No, I, I agree. I have, because of you know a number of people in our groups, I have three VAs now. One of them handles all of the video editing and social media posting, right? Mm -hmm. Not all of it, but most yeah, of the right. content, most of the editing, creating the reels, chopping it up, inserting the B-roll, all of that kind of stuff. Yep. You know how many hours that takes him a week? It usually takes him 20 hours a week. Mm-hmm. Hours that I do not have. Absolutely. And it has been an exponential growth differentiator for me. Yeah. Because the more and more information, we're going to dive into social media here. The more and more information we put on social media about ourselves, our personal brand and our business, it becomes our resume. That's it. I and whether... That. Whether or not people realize it, if they're just using social media as a consumer, they're using it the wrong way. And especially in business, if you're not using social media and constantly creating content to show the world who you are and what you're about, sharing your core values, just and not even sharing them like, hey, here are my core values, sharing them through the way that you speak, the way that you write your content, people get a feel for who you are. Mm -hmm. I'll argue that you cannot not afford that. At $5 an hour, even if somebody is only posting maybe two or three things for you per week, that's going to cost you a couple hundred bucks a month. Hey guys, just wanted to take a second here and thank you for listening to the podcast. I really, really appreciate it. It means the world to me. It means so much to me that you guys are listening. I don't make any money off of this stuff. I do it for free. I do it out of the goodness of my heart. I want to help people and I want to share all this cool information with you guys and everybody else in the world. So if you could think of somebody that you would share this to, so if they got some value out of it, I would really appreciate it. Share it on your socials. Click that little button for sharing and share it to your story. Thanks a lot. I grew my disaster cleanup company hockey stick growth because of networking and posting on social media. And mm -hmm. I didn't have a VA editing. I didn't have a videographer. I didn't have anything. It was me. It was my cell phone. And it was, hey, this is Chris Garrison <laughs> with Absolute Cleaning and Restoration. I branded me. I branded my business. And I would make sure what was in the background was something that was showcasing what we did in our company. And I would have people say, man, I love your videos. I'd have other people say, dude, I got to turn the volume down when I watch your video. <laughs> I was like, but you remember. Yeah. Like, I, I know I'm loud and proud and I am I get super amped. And I would sit there, even if I was in the zone, I'd be like, I got to do a video. So I'd go, hey, 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 hey. This I would prep, man. And when I first started, there would be 30 videos before I had one that I wasn't stuttering through, that yeah. I wasn't getting tongue tied. And that was more concise because I also didn't want them to burn out on their patients trying to watch what I was doing. So yeah. I focused on saying my name, saying my company name so that those two brands were being built. And then I would showcase what I was doing and I was making sure whatever in the, was happening in the background was very eye-catching. Mm -hmm. So I might be sucking water out from underneath uh, hardwood floors or I was cleaning grease, black grease off of a red carpet and it was turning from black to red where I was taking the black grout lines back to white grout lines because there was so much dirt and grease in the grout lines of the tile. Like whatever, the nastier, the better. Yeah. People might say, well, I'm just an accountant. There's nothing bullshit, man. <laughs> you'll sit there and you'll show the dollar amounts that yep. you just found in someone's financial statements because they didn't realize mm -hmm. that they were overspending or that they had this much in their budget to actually move towards marketing to create mm -hmm. new revenue based off of their current ROI on their marketing budget. Like if you said, hey, you're spending 5,000 and you're bringing in 15,000, but I found you another 2,000 over here. So since that was a 3X, 
Now that'll be an additional 6,000 to that 15,000. Now we're sitting at 21,000. Like, boom, you catch that on video. You show someone how you're working your sheets, yep. blur out the customer's name, and you're instant a thought leader authority in that space. And everybody's mm -hmm. going to want to come to you with yeah, their financials. Absolutely. And plus, that's like, for me, that's captivating. I'm just like, how'd you find that money? Show me. I want to know more. But if so people don't share this stuff in their businesses, nobody's going to know about it. And like you said, Said, creating positioning yourself as a person of authority, a thought leader in their space. Like everybody who's in business, they know their business, they know That's their it. industry, whether yes. they're the best or they're not the best. Right. They're in that business because they're better than the people who don't know it. That's right. That's so exactly they might as well share that stuff and get it out there so that way they can help the rest of the people. It always comes back to that too. So I, I heard Grant Cardone early, early on. That's so, I, I mean, I was what, 30, roughly 32, no, 31 when I started acting on social media. And before I was afraid of judgment. I never got on social media. I was like, yeah. what if someone judges me about drinking mm -hmm. or smoking a cigarette or whatever? Maybe they thought I was supposed to be at work, but I wasn't at work. Like I was just scared of judgment. Finally, yeah. I was like, I was like, forget it. Instead of being scared of judgment, I'm more scared of being broke. Yeah. And I got this dude over here that's doing fantastic, Grant Cardone, and he's saying, brand yourself on social media. Mm -hmm. And so that's what really got me into it. And then it was just like a muscle. The more you work it, the more comfortable you get, the better you get at it. But if you'll stick to the criteria of motivational or educational, that's all you got to do when you make your videos. Is this mm -hmm. motivational or is this educational? Yeah. Just like you stated, you know your craft. You may not be the expert, the very best person, but there is stuff you know about your craft. Mm -hmm. I don't care if it's talking about the nail gun that you use when you're framing a house up. You can sit there and say, hey, framing this house over in whatever city, and I'm using this pneumatic nail gun because, in my opinion, it shoots the nail the best, the longest, and it's the lightest and most comfortable to use. Mm -hmm. You just educated someone about something. Mm -hmm. And that's how you start. And if you'll just do that and don't look at your likes, don't look at your comments or your shares in the beginning because you got no following yet. Right. But if you'll keep doing it and keep doing it consistently and try to do one once a week and then move to twice a week and then move to every day, you will over time have a following mm -hmm. and, and just keep going motivational educational. That's how you build a personal brand on social media. And it's absolutely free. Yes. All you need is a smartphone thing. with the video yeah, an account on the social media platforms and just hit post and, mm -hmm. and, and keep moving. So in my personal experience, I always hated social media for a number of reasons and I would never post or anything like that. And about a year ago is when I really started getting into all these different paid mastermind groups, right? AKA the shortcuts. Yeah. Yeah. And so I saw a lot of people posting and they're like, you got to do it. You got to do it. We're talking literally the same exact conversation. So a year ago, it was about September a year ago. I started putting myself out there. I had this trucking company at the time. I started posting stuff about trucking and all kinds of different stuff. And it was super uncomfortable. And I'm like, oh, what if they judge me? Or what if they do this? Or what if, first of all, who gives a shit what they think? That's right. That's right. They're not paying your bills and they're not giving you peace of mind at night when you lay down. No way, man. No way. And so in a little over a year, I've noticed like, well, I've grown a following, right? I have an audience now because of that. We decided to start this podcast and we're 11th episode already, right. which is crazy, right? Things, things happen so quick. And the thing about happening quick is whether you do some work to make something happen for yourself or not, the time is still going to pass. Yeah. So you might as well use that time to do something with it. I am constantly on that note, constantly trying to level up in my knowledge. So, you know, you hear a lot of talk about the school systems and how they're not worth the time spent, higher education with college and whatnot. It's not worth it anymore. And alternative education masterminds, trainings from experts in different industries and fields is more money's being pushed towards that. Mm -hmm. And it's because it's hyper-focused. When you think about when you go to the traditional education, the school, you got to learn, you got to take a math, a science and English and these electives. And then you've got your stuff over here for your major that you're trying to do. But instead mm -hmm. you get hyper-focused 
when you buy an alternative course from one of the gurus that has the experience, has mm -hmm. the track record to say, hey, here's my blueprint of how I got to this point in life. And if you follow this blueprint, you will get there quicker mm -hmm. and more accurately than what I did. Yeah. Because you've got the blueprint. You won't make the mistakes I've made. Yeah. Are you and Kevin going to create a course coming up soon? Yeah. So we put a course on, we've got a course currently out and we're trying to get it to where y'all got access currently for the boardroom elite members, but we've got a course for the business acquisitions already. And then we're building other courses for like, you know, how to hire VAs, how to mm -hmm. hire in person, what, what to be looking, uh, hiring techniques, interview questions, how to build your ads for the recruiting process, um, how to filter the applicants, how to build an affiliate marketing, you know, just worship to where mm -hmm. they're constantly out there. So all of those little techniques are constantly being built. But right now, the bit one that's completed is the business acquisitions. And that's, that's the one, two, threes to finding a business that's currently cash flowing, to finding the value add that you'll be able to bring to that cash flowing business, how to negotiate, what you should pay for it, how to pay for it, and what that team looks like to be able to take you to the finish line so that you've got a business that you can grow and build even more enterprise value. And that's kind of what got us started on the blue collar. But then we realized you know what? We're operators at heart and people, you know, the rubber hits the road on the operations, mm -hmm. finding the deals, negotiating the deals and, and getting it to the, the acquisition, the purchase, the, the closing date is not really the difficult part. It's dealing with people mm -hmm. inside of the operations mm -hmm. where it all tends to fall apart because mm -hmm. you got to get your customer's attention. You've got to get your potential team member's attention for the recruiting process, then you've got to train your team members to pay attention to the customer's expectations and perform to their expectations at minimum, hopefully exceed them. Mm -hmm. And money's got to come back through the door. So yeah. all of this keeps working. Yeah. So the operations is really where the pain is at. Mm -hmm. So that's why we decided, hey, let's start the mentorship inside the operational portion of it and let that be a technique of growth and scaling, which would be the business acquisition through a bolt-on or a roll-up inside your current business if you have one. Yeah. So it's been quite a journey. We're super excited about it. I mean, we've had three mentees that's purchased a business so far. Me and Kevin are partnering with a mentee on a business acquisition. I've got a business acquisition happening locally that are interviewing for operators currently while I'm going through due diligence so that I can have someone operating that. And that's great. And so and, you're you're partnering on these deals with some of the mentees, right? Some of the people in the blue collar millionaire group. Right. So that is amazing because like they come into the group, they just want to learn some more. And then all of a sudden you show them what's possible. And now you guys are partnering together. So not only are they doing what they came, maybe they didn't even know they were coming to do that, but now they're doing it. They're buying a business. And you and Kevin are working in the business or working on the business with them. Mm -hmm. So two high-level entrepreneurs coming in, helping people out. The people coming into the group never even knew that, may, or maybe they didn't believe within themselves that it was possible to do it. Now you guys are partnering and you get some deal flow out of it because you're going to have a return for your time. And I'm assuming that you guys are putting some money in these deals as yeah, well absolutely. as necessary. Mm -hmm. So it's really like a triple win for all three sides. Yeah. And that's an amazing ecosystem that you guys have created. And I'm part of it. And I can say that I'm also going to tell the world a secret right now. It's too cheap. <laughs> it probably is right now. You know, we want to add the value. We want proof of concept. And then at that point, the prices will definitely raise. But we want to make sure we got a really solid foundation. Let's get some success inside the group. Then we have some awesome testimonials. And as we start getting bigger, then we'll start charging more to weed out so that we're only getting really high, highly qualified individuals inside of the group. So if you're going to get in with Boardroom Elite inside of the Blue Collar Millionaire, definitely if you're price focused right now would be the time. But you're going to realize that as you stay around the right individuals, 
you stop being price focused and you start being value focused, like we were talking about earlier Absolutely. with the, the restaurant and menu yeah. choices. Yeah. So it's it's just funny how how you evolve, and that's why it's so important to make sure that you're digesting the correct information. When I'm at the gym, I'm listening to entrepreneurial podcasts. Like here, here's some more gold. Tommy Mello, mm-hmm. home service millionaire. He's got a two hundred million dollar plus garage door repair and replacement business. Mm-hmm across multiple markets. Then I'm I'm listening to Brad Lee dropping bombs where he interviews a ton of different entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. I'm listening to Alex Hormozzi where he's talking about all things marketing and business operations as well. You know, he's because these people are further ahead and here's what I notice across the board. And this is the one mistake that I'm still trying to correct and still trying to get a handle on is focus. Mm. The people that are hyper successful are the ones that got extremely focused because they believed 100% the thing they chose could take them wherever they wanted to go. So Alex Hermosi chose the gym because he Mm -hmm. believed in it. And yes, his model inside the gym changed, but inside that industry is what got him to where he was trying to go until he sold his final model. And then he just said, my niche is marketing. Mm -hmm. I can put it on steroids. So now what keeps me from doing this on any business? Mm -hmm. And after he got so much exposure, I heard him talk about how talent acquisition was really unfair when he compared himself to others because he's got so much acknowledgement. People know him. He has a brand at this point. And this is why he spends so much money on building his brand. He looked at Grant Cardone. He was like, this mug's over here, a billionaire based off of a brand. This man is spending tons of money. Let me follow what someone else successful is doing. So yeah. he paid to get in front of Grant, said, how are you doing it? And he didn't say this was Grant, but he said he was he had paid to get into someone on the social media to figure out how to build his brand. And the guy said, look, what you're doing right now, one video a day on all the platforms is like throwing a brick into the Grand Canyon. Hmm. He said, dude, I'm doing 250 pieces of content a day. That's I crazy. am building a wall. Yeah. You're not even making a splash. 250 pieces a day, a day, but you got to think about at this point, he has decades of content that he can repurpose. Yeah. So he's not, he's not sitting down and filming 250 pieces each day. He's repurposing all of his podcasts, all of his Zooms, all of his in-person trainings, his filming that is on Cardone University that I paid for for three years. Mm-hmm. That was stuff back in the day where, I mean, he looks like a completely different person. The suits yeah. he wear, yeah. he wore were, you could tell they were not the the Tom Ford suits he wears now. Yeah, and, But his content was still really good content. So he repurposed it and he monetized it. Uh, and he also built it, used it to build a brand. And and that's what I think the ingenuity of an entrepreneur is to realize, take something that's already been done and repurpose it, mimic it. If it's mm-hmm. not yours, find out what's good, mimic that strategy so that you can have success as well. This is why it's so important to document everything that you're doing. Just like you're documenting through a podcast now, you're documenting through all of your social content that your VAs are editing. This is why I hired a videographer to come on full time with me five days a week because I didn't know when I'd be in a situation where I wanted the camera there. Mm-hmm. So sitting behind my computer, he's in there editing. When I'm about to go out, I'll say, hey, we're going to go visit one of the rehabs. We're going to go visit a job site where we got training tomorrow. I've got this Zoom with my mentees inside the boardroom elite, film it from over here, and he's grabbing content. I will have a library full just because I decided to document. Think about how how much documentation you lost that could have went inside your library and might have inspired someone, Mm -hmm. might have, you know, you don't know what Da Vinci is not going to become a Da Vinci because they never got your piece of content that was going to inspire them in that right moment. hundred percent, man. I think we've all been inspired by people. Yeah. We've all been inspired by different mentors, right? In life or business mentors or whatever, whether they know it or not. And we just watched a YouTube video of them and it inspired us to do something. Absolutely. I agree with you a hundred percent. But we don't do it because we're scared of judgment. Right. 
And the reality is, is most people in the beginning, you're not going to get judged. Nobody even knows you. Like it's, yeah. uh, it's almost egotistical to think that we would get judged in the beginning. Yeah. And when you get big, you'll get haters just because they're out there. And then I just think about Grant's comment. He was like, you ain't made it till you got haters. Yeah. So when I get haters, I'm like, all yeah. right, I appreciate that validation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right on, man. Well, tell me a little bit about what you're doing moving forward to grow your business. So right now I'm really focusing on reporting and the marketing side of things. So I've uh, paid a couple of people lately to educate me more because my businesses have built been built more on guerrilla marketing, chest to chest, and then just search engine optimization. No Facebook, Nextdoor, Angie's List, retargeting, nothing like that. So I wanted to educate myself just so that I know better how to hire and what to ask for so that I can delegate that off. We just opened a second location. That's going to also help me so that I can hire have higher level management to oversee multiple locations. So it will reduce my expense over the period of time. And I'm looking to just acquire additional assets that are cash flowing. So my real estate is not my cash flow play. My businesses are my cash flow play. So that's why I'm going to do this glass installation company. And I'm going, I'm looking at a coatings manufacturer as well. And if that one closes, which I expected to close, that will be a pretty substantial amount of cash flow coming in. And then I'll take that cash flow and I'll buy more assets with it. The game for wealth creation right now is to buy as many assets as possible that cash flow to protect the debt and leverage debt, but not over leverage debt. So everything that I buy, except for this glass cleaning replacement company, has bank debt on it. Hmm. And so homes, I go buy them with cash. I rehab them with cash. And then I take them to the bank and I pull, a, I put a loan on them and I take all my cash back out. Mm -hmm. If I bought it really well, I'll take some additional bank funds above what my cash investment was in the beginning mm -hmm. or my active business that's cash flow coming in, but I'm still leveraging my vehicles. All of those I have bank debt on because I believe I'm safer with liquidity sitting in the bank or in other assets producing new cash flow than to have my cash sitting in a paid off vehicle mm -hmm. or a paid off piece of equipment. So if it's got a VIN number or a serial number and I'm buying it brand new, mm -hmm. there's going to be a bank loan on it mm -hmm. because I'm in scale mode. Mm -hmm. Now, 10 years from now, I'm going to be trying to let stuff start to pay off so that I've, because I'll have enough cash flowing assets that I will have an extremely comfortable lifestyle. I have more money than what I know to spend or opportunities to invest in. Therefore, I'm just going to let it start paying down the debt. Mm -hmm. And then I'll have a nice little empire that I will be advised on how to structure so that it will last generations past. Mm -hmm. But the last thing I want to do is to have it structured in a position where one or two generations can waste it off because... Jim Rohn says, it's not the million dollars that changes your life. It's the person you become, become getting to get that million. Mm -hmm. So those lessons on your way to become a millionaire mm -hmm. are lessons that have to be taught. Otherwise you won't be able to maintain it. Yeah. And after you get the first million, the next million is easy because mm -hmm. you already know how to do it. Mm -hmm. Now it's just a matter of repetition and, and delegating mm -hmm. so that you can multiply because you're not going to multiply without people and you're not going to have people if you don't learn how to delegate. Yeah, definitely. I remember being a kid thinking about the Lamborghini Countach on my wall and the feeling I would get by getting that Lamborghini, right? Well, I don't have a Lamborghini, but we have been blessed and fortunate enough to get some nice stuff. Yeah. And as an adult in this point in my life, getting the nice, cool stuff, it's way less satisfying as I thought it would be as a kid. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. But it's cool. You know, it's cool. It's like, hey, you know, my my wife's SUV has 650 horsepower and it thinks balls fast that I love driving it. <laughs> but it's definitely not the same feeling. And what the feeling is now is exactly what you talked about with Jim Rohn, where it's like, who do I have to become? Mm-hmm. 
to get to that point. And now that I'm at that point, who do I have to become to get to the next point, the next checkpoint? Right, right. That, that's on my on my list, on my roadmap, if you will. I think it's very important to remember that just because you get the thing doesn't mean shit. No, as soon as you hit the peak, there's always another mountain, you know, an Everest that you want to climb. Mm -hmm. I, you know, I was thinking about that over this, over the weekend, you know, what really excites me, what satisfies me. And it's, it's, the next deal and mm -hmm. it's the next knowledge it's the next knowing mm -hmm. i guess would be the best way to say it so anytime that i've got a deal on hook my whole energy level rises yeah 10x 100x mm -hmm. anytime i feel like my knowledge is expanding mm -hmm. there's an excitement inside of me because i know i'm leveling up now mm -hmm. is it always comfortable absolutely not no. there is definite moments like life if you think life is comfortable based off of anything, then you're thinking wrong. It life just is not always comfortable. It there is it is a roller coaster. There's no balance to life. I don't believe because there is the time where you're putting the work in and you're really being stretched and you're getting uncomfortable. So you're because you're uncomfortable, you're not comfortable. Then there's the moment where you hit the achievement and it's like ah, and you get to just kind of dwell in it for a second. But right around the corner, there's that stretching again. And so my excitement happens when I see that deal and I get to see that I'm fixing to just really be able to capitalize on some efforts. And then that place where I'm knowledging up because I know it's setting me up for the next deal. Mm -hmm. I agree, man. There's a lot of buzz moving forward in, in what's going on in business with technology and AI. Mm -hmm. Blue collar businesses inherently do not use much technology. I think that you are one of the outliers in your company because you have the vision for growth. Mm -hmm. What are you doing using technology these days? And what's your vision of that moving forward? So jumping on probably what most people think of right now, when you say the buzz with technology and it being AI, I'm not hardly using it at all but very aware that I need to at least spend an hour a week on just reading some headlines. So I have the little $20 a month paid subscription on ChatGPT. So I've got ChatGPT4, which I, I believe I read something where it just was upgraded. Yesterday. Yesterday. Okay. So, and Huge. I utilize it to ask questions. So a lot of times I'll very few, very minimal effort is spent or not effort, very little time is spent scrolling through social media and digesting content. Most of it spent producing content, but occasionally I find myself on TikTok flipping through and I'll run across a chat GPT prompt, you know, education little clip, and I'll listen to how they're saying their prompts, which helps mm -hmm. me communicate to my chat GPT. So I get better answers. Mm -hmm. So I've used it for writing some post and content, at least giving me the base model. And then I'll go in there and dress it up. But that's about the limitation. Now I know that there's AI built inside of some of my CRM systems. I mean, the Snapchat filters, all that's AI. Just nobody knew what it was called. They yeah. just called it Snapchat filter. Yeah. We didn't know AI was behind it until the buzz came around with it. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. Let me ask you, you know, what, how do you see blue collar being able to take this in? Because it seems like most of it has been writing code or it being more on a sales side where it is an auto type responder. But I know that is there's way more capabilities of this technology. It's just, what's the beginner stage? Where where would you say someone that has zero exposure, what they should understand about AI right now? I think you mentioned it already with ChatGPT, right? That's the most popular large language model right now, where it's kind of like a Google search, but smarter. Mm -hmm. And I think that if people want to start somewhere, just go on to openai.com and try chat GPT, ask it some random questions, just like you would ask Google some questions. However, it's not connected to the internet. So it's not going to give you real time data. Like right. if you ask it, like find me a pizza restaurant near me, it's not going to do that, but you can ask it things like you said, to create content, like create a piece of content for my blue collar business, insert business industry with five bullet points on how people can learn how to improve their companies or whatever, you know, right. 
and it will give you this amazing detailed list. Then you can refine it from there. Okay, now tailor it to the sport fishing industry or now tailor that. And really we're limited by our minds. That's it. Yeah. One thing I noticed is when I started telling the chat GPT, you are my copyright expert for my disaster cleanup business called Absolute Cleaning and Restoration. And I need you to write me a Facebook ad that focuses on the five main pain points of someone that wants duck cleaning. Mm -hmm. And then it would give me some, uh, it would spit out suggestions. And then I would ask another question based off the information it would give me. Mm -hmm. And before I know it, I've got an answer that I really like. And it's got me even thinking of how to communicate with it better. Yeah. But I think if on your prompts that, which is just what you're asking it to do, that's the prompt. If you'll ask it, or if you'll tell it what it is for you. So if it's my copywriter, if it's my operations manager, if it's my trainer, if it's my Facebook, social media, marketing expert, Mm -hmm. my SEO expert, like Mm -hmm. I'm naming it what it is. And then I give it context based off what I'm trying to ask it to do for me. Mm -hmm. And I think that in the blue collar space, this is going to be huge into the future because there are a lot of people who are either against it or don't want to adopt it. Maybe they're just afraid of change. Mm -hmm. They're going to get left behind. Mm -hmm. Slowly, their market share will begin to erode and they won't understand why. And it's because their competitors are using AI to reach their customers on a more personal level and on a more on-demand level. There are a lot of tools out there right now, including one that we've developed where 24 hours a day, it can talk to your leads whenever they want to talk. And it responds conversationally via text or social media messenger or email. When those people want or need your services, you're there for them. We say that 90% of the time, all a business needs to do is pick up the phone. Yeah, It's crazy to me how many businesses don't pick up the phone. Like, How do they stay in business? I don't get it. Well, I I think the majority of the time when we buy, we buy emotionally. Mm -hmm. And if you're not available for them, then you're expecting their emotions to be in the same heightened state that it was when they wanted you. Yeah. And that is impossible because all of our emotions are so influenced by whatever's happening in our environment in that moment. So we don't know what provoked that emotion for them to want to call you right then or text you or message you through social media. I mean, it could have been the the way the air smelled while they were driving down the yes. road or what they walked yeah. by. Like we have so many senses that affects that. And if you're not available when that emotional hit, then you're, you're losing out on a lot. So I think the fact that you've got something that responds 24 seven and it responds based off the way you would want your representative to respond is pretty amazing. And I think that is is just, you know, the the basics of what this AI is capable of doing right now. I, I'm, I'm very, very, dude, I went to Noodle Restaurant last night, a newer Noodle franchise restaurant here locally. And there was a robot that came out and brought me my meal and spoke to me and highlighted the platform that the plates were sitting on. So literally rolled out, there was a, it was five or six tiers And it said something along the lines of, hi, Mr. Garrison, we've got your food here ready for for your enjoyment or something like that. Please select the blue highlighted platform to retrieve your order. And it was sitting there and I was like, what the, (laughs) what is this, you know, over here in Mississippi? (laughs) But it was super cool. And I was like, that right there is technology because that just allowed that waitress to go and take another person's order while the robot brought the order out after it was cooked. So on a really busy restaurant or someone that has a low budget, you could really utilize one person taking the initial order taking the payment at close and have that robot shifting the orders out as the cooks are are completing them. Yeah. And I think that, I think it's only the beginning, right? So ChatGPT came out last November. It's been a year. Yeah. And it's already on on its fourth iteration. It's actually on its fifth iteration, but there's variations of those, you know, four so far. 
and GPT-5 is coming out pretty soon. And that's supposed to be, be like exponentially better than what's already there. What's already there is pretty robust. So like the, the back end that what we're using, I feel like it's an amazing, amazing tool, but it's going to blow it out of the water. And yesterday, OpenAI, arguably the leader in AI development technology, just supercharged everything. They supercharged the game yesterday. I put a post out saying I paid for the whole seat, but I'm only going to need the edge. Wow. Because that's really what's about to come down. Like the next 12 months are going to move so quickly with AI development that people not adopting technology or even just learning about it a little by little, they're going to get left behind. So you remember when the internet came around, we're, mm -hmm. we're old enough to remember that. Yeah. yeah. We're old enough to remember when computers were, were connected and we had the dial up tone and it took five oh, minutes yeah. to load one photo. Yeah. Yeah to where it is now. That was the internet revolution. This is the AI revolution. The internet revolution changed the world, no doubt. The AI revolution is gonna dwarf the internet revolution. I believe that. Dwarf. It's gonna change the face of the planet, literally. Yeah. And we're sitting here ready to go. One hour a week minimum, open yeah. AI, read the posts when they're coming across, listen, listen to that. Get your news feed educating you on your social platforms. You're spending yes. time on it. Stop watching the riffraff, people fight, scream, yell, do stupid stuff. It's doing nothing but wasting your time. If mm -hmm. you want to be a leader and you want to beat the economy and not worry about the economy that's around you, then you educate yourself because the more education you have and understanding you have of your tools in your bag, the more creative and resourceful you can get when problems come your way. If you don't have tools in your bag and you don't know how to use them, then you're dependent upon someone else being the MacGyver. But mm. if you got the tools and the understanding of how to utilize those tools and the understanding of how something works, you can be the MacGyver all day long. And the MacGyvers are the ones that don't care about what's happening in the economy. The MacGyvers are the ones, and if y'all don't understand who MacGyver is, that was an old TV show, <laughs> but the MacGyvers are the ones that are going to get rich in no matter what economy they're in. And that's, that's right. what I want everybody listening to this show to understand is educate yourself, listen to the correct content, Every opportunity, when you're driving, when you're in the gym, when you're sitting on the couch, Netflixing, instead pull up and type in to YouTube AI, type into YouTube, Facebook marketing, you know, affiliate marketing, guerrilla marketing. There's so many people you'll find as influencers that have actually done it, that are out there sharing because they realize that they earn more by giving away their content yes. because they create relationships. Absolutely. You know, and another piece to that before we wrap up is the more and more you give away the secrets, some people will take those, you know, secrets and, and what you've taught them and they'll do it themselves. Mm -hmm. But a lot of people don't have the time to do it themselves. So they'll hire you I to do that. those things that you're talking about because you are the authority. You know what you're talking about. You know what you're doing. They're going to pay you for the shortcut. hundred percent. 100%. Chris, I really appreciate the time today, man. I mean, we've gone, been going an hour and 15 minutes. It feels like 10. So I love it when we get together, man. And I really hope that we can do it again soon. And for everybody out there, Chris, where can they find you online and different groups? It's either Chris Garrison or Chris Garrison 84 on all of the platforms. And if you're in, into business ownership or you want to start and get your own business or scale in your current business, then check out Blue Collar Millionaires, a free group, a ton of content, a lot of gold in there. And you just need to take a little bit of your time to absorb it. Awesome. Appreciate you, Chris. We'll talk soon. Thanks, David, man. Hey guys, just wanted to take a second here and thank you for listening to the podcast. I really, really appreciate it. It means the world to me. It means so much to me that you guys are listening. I don't make any money off of this stuff. I do it for free. I do it out of the goodness of my heart. I want to help people and I want to share all this cool information with you guys and everybody else in the world. So if you could think of somebody that you would share this to, so if they got some value out of it, I would really appreciate it. Share it on your socials. Click that little button for sharing and share it to your story. Thanks a lot. Yeah.